Hi everyone, I'm Sammy. And I'm Larry. And welcome to the new and improved In Spite of Ourselves podcast. If you listened to the episode we came out with a few months ago, you know we had to change our name for some potential legal reasons. Um, there's another podcast with that name, so forget about it. We're now In Spite of Ourselves. We were podcast. thinking about keeping it, and then we saw they were on Good Morning America, and we're like, we can't top that. Yeah, so if you're soon. if you're looking for another dating podcast, maybe they're one to check out, but otherwise, here we are, the new and improved In Spite of Ourselves. It's this cute little folk song that uh, is our namesake. Larry plays a lot of music for me. Nine times out of ten, I really don't like it. This was one that I thought was adorable and is very reminiscent of us. So it's a classic John Prine, Iris Dement duet. Yes. I forgot the name of what two people singing was for a second. No, that's them. Piggy and Kermit actually do it on the god awful ABC Muppet show. If anybody yep. watched that, you didn't. No one did. I know. That's why they canceled it. So anyway, welcome to In Spite of Ourselves. I'm sure as you keep listening, that name will just really prove itself time and time again. As Larry and I really love each other in spite of each other <laughs> a lot of the time. He's That's why we're doing it. He's looking at me like, I can't believe you just it said just, that, but it's true. It just took me an hour to set up these goddamn microphones, and that's what she has the audacity to say. Anyway, on that note, let's talk about the hottest news where we are, is that Larry and I have now been living together for a month. Yeah, so our in our brief downtime, in our hiatus after the first five episodes, we went into quarantine... And then moved in together. Yeah, so we know no one wants to talk about those first few months of quarantine because they were terrible and they were scary and they were anxiety-inducing. And here we are in September, not really sure what's happening with the world, but we're going to ignore that and we're going to talk about the now. So the one positive that this whole pandemic brought Larry and myself was we got a good solid test run into living together, which really not a lot of couples can say that they totally do unless they do that thing where they're together every single night of the week, which is not super healthy, which would have ruined us. Like, that's an instant deal breaker as far as I'm concerned. But that quarantine was great. But that never would have worked for us because we're both too independent. Correct. So I myself know a lot of couples who kind of like jump into things and they were spending like five, six, seven nights a week together before they were living together. Some might say that was a great test. That wasn't for us. We were doing the like three to four nights a week, switching off each other's apartments, still keeping our social lives. So then when COVID hit, Larry said, I absolutely don't want you living alone. So you're going to come and stay with me. And I think that for as long as we did that, it was probably like the best trial run of us living together we could have imagined. Which I think it was important to say as well. It wasn't open for debate. 
Like, I wasn't coming to, A, Manhattan, and B, you live by yourself. So I was like, if you come with me where my roommates are and where we hang and kick it anyway, and, you know, you're now friends with them and everything, at least you would have that social aspect that was another factor, that if you were locked in by yourself, one, I wouldn't want to see you because you, you know, because of COVID and you came in from the city. And then two, uh, you'd you, you go, go crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it it was the best thing. It was great. We had a very good experience. It would. It was the hardest time we'll probably ever have living together. God willing. Sharing a basement in one room, working two inches away from each other all day, every day, dealing with roommates, dealing with this confusion and scary time. So, yeah, hopefully that's the worst we ever have to deal with. But I think it's a really good idea for us to talk about how we decided on this moving in together step because I know that it's like kind of the fi- the big first step into a serious commitment, right? Well, I mean, I think you were already stepped into it before you decide to move in together. No, I I'm, think I'm saying the official move in, not the COVID move in. No, I mean, like, you know, it's like it. You're throwing out the way you just phrased that implies that the move in is the the commitment to the seriousness, right? Like I was serious with you much earlier than moving in was on the table. Oh, well, <laughs> glad to know you weren't. <laughs> no, I we were still just, you know, dating. We were still kind of hooking up up until she moved in. No, uh, that's I moved not true. In. That would have been way too long and not cool. But I mean... When you start dating someone, obviously you reach those first few milestones, right? You somehow define the relationship. You meet each other's families. You you're serious. Say, sorry. Hang on. You've already crossed the serious line. You've crossed the serious. Like now we've we're meeting families. It's serious. I would not introduce my parents. I barely introduce my parents to people. Period. I would not introduce my parents to somebody I was dating unless it was serious. Okay. Well. As a woman, I'll speak on behalf of myself and not you. It it wasn't that I needed us to move in together to be serious, but that is, in my opinion, the first big, like, here we are milestone. That it's like, we're living together, we have a home together, that brings on a whole new set of responsibilities, which we're easing into now. That's different than when you're just seriously dating, seeing each other three nights a week. We had a different situation because we were also seeing each other at work. But I mean, like just the act of planning dates or planning vacations is not the same as planning out bills and stocking your refrigerator and cleaning up and cooking, like all the things that go into living together. It's a different kind of milestone. Yeah. And I wouldn't call it like, I think a serious milestone for me was like a year. When we hit a year, I was like, oh shit, I've never done this before ever. Like I knew I was at this point in uncharted territory for me. So then in your opinion, at least, why do you think couples get to that like year, year and a half mark and don't move in together. Moving I in is like the first big committed, super committed step. Yeah, but like that's not a problem we've had. Like, listen, why do couples wait 
six to nine years before they get engaged. I don't know. There's well, yeah. a, like there could be a lot of factors that your your lifestyle isn't. You know, you're working opposite hours. You don't get to see one another. That's another thing. I, I'm I'm a big shit or get off the pot kind of guy. Yeah, I, I wanted to do shit. <laughs> I think you are a little bit different in this situation because it. Well, I'll backtrack even further and say. I have lived in my apartment for as long as I've lived in New York. You've lived in a few different places. So we were really working off of your lease. You told me several months before you signed your lease, like, hey, I'm going to sign one more year with my roommates. And then the victory lap, you and I will live together, right? When that's over. And I was like, yeah, of course. Which at first, but before I said that, I was like, hang on, let's clarify. How much rent will I be saving when I move in with you? It was like a hundred bucks. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do another $1,200 is worth living with my three best friends for another year. But we also would have only been dating eight months. It would have been too soon. Sure. But if it was like 900 bucks, that would have been a, that would have been a much harder pill to swallow. Yeah, but- I don't think I would have been on board. I would have been flattered that you wanted to live with me to save $900 a month. Uh, we're, we're talking closer to $10,000 a year okay, at that point. But the romantic part of me yeah, wanted oh, sure. you ahead. to Whatever be ready to move in with me when you were emotionally ready. And when I was emotionally ready, That I think at eight months, that would have been too soon for me. At ten thousand dollars a year, I could I could find a way to get emotionally ready pretty quick. Well, the moral of the that's, story that's is that's my price. If that you didn't know, happen. If you ever need to know how much it costs me to get emotionally ready, twelve hundred? No, I'm going to take my time. Ten thousand? Yeah, I'll get emotionally ready pretty quick. Okay. Well, fortunately, we never had to cross that bridge because you signed the lease for another year. Here we are living together for a month. We've been dating a year and almost eight months when we moved in. To me, in my female-driven timeline-obsessed relationship mindset, that felt right. Oh, I mean, I'm thinking natural, but it's funny you say timeline-wise, because like I wouldn't get, you know, we're at what, a year and a half, basically. We could have been up to two years and I wouldn't have bothered, that wouldn't have bothered me, even two and a half years, potentially, depending on, like we moved in because of my lease. We moved in conveniently right in between our 30th birthdays. Like there was a lot of other factors besides our relationship that made this feel like, oh, this is definitely like we're in the green, like we're in the clear. This is where we want to be. This is in between the right kind of milestones. Not too early, not too late. Yeah. But I do think if you had asked me to wait another year, I would have been upset. Right. But let's say I was in like a two-year lease or like let's say my lease gave up six months earlier. Like, what if my lease was up in, I mean, this is, when you look at this year, this is not convenient to the story, but what if my lease was up in March or April? We still would have been dating over a year. I would have been right. okay with it. So that was, that's fine. And But I'm just saying that we were almost at a year when we were looking at my lease last time. You know what I mean? Like, we were kind of in like this safe, like, at eight months, I wasn't planning on going anywhere. Again, my longest relationship was nine months before you. Right. But I don't know. I think a year is clean. For some reason, that that number appeals to me as a it's time to take the next step. So 
I don't think I would have wanted to do anything that drastic less than a year. Yeah, sure. Hey, listen, now it could have been a year and an hour. I would have said okay. Now that we're talking, I'm sure as shit glad it was not nearly as big. A, this is apparently a much bigger conversation that I swept under the table and just didn't think about again. Uh, but but for you, it's, it sounds like it was a bigger. I'm I'm sure as shit glad we didn't move in together. Well, that ten thousand dollars might have cost me everything. But at the same time. The conversation we did have and what ultimately came of that conversation really like put my mind at ease because I knew that this relationship was progressing. That could be my own self-esteem issues and previous damage from other relationships, which you all know I have. But you telling me at around six months that I'm going to be ready and happy to move in with you a year from now when my lease is up. To me, that was like, well, that's perfect. And I'm so glad that he and I are on the same page and that I know that this relationship is moving because there's nothing worse for me than feeling like I don't know where I am and and what's happening. Like, I think we talked about that relationship gray area where you're kind of seeing each other. You don't really know what's happening. You yeah, don't like know. the first couple dates, the first couple months. Yeah, exactly. That is not a good place for me. So I think it was knowing that's a very, that's only a good place for men. I know that I think that is a very sexist thing, but I don't think women do well in that gray area. I completely agree. I completely agree. And that is why I felt perfect about our conversation. And I really I know that New York City is a very easy place for this kind of thing to happen because everybody lives in apartments and everybody's leasing and everybody has time periods and neighborhoods and roommates and whatever. But I don't know. I I thought that we do most things really well. That's why we're here talking to you and you're choosing to listen. And humble the boot. But I thought that that was like the perfect timeline, perfect conversation and that couldn't have gone any better. And I have always been very much at ease in this relationship, knowing that we're very much on the same page of our, you know, timeline. I'm just saying as another X factor to this conversation, as an underpinning to this conversation, I'm glad that your rent happened to be double what my rent was at the time, because if it was exponentially lower or if I was paying a shitload more than I was and I was going to save a ton of money to move in with you, we would have had a very different conversation at that time. Well, fortunately, we didn't. And here we are having this. Say la vie. Yeah. I just wanted to back it up because I was like, oh, shit. I didn't see how many ways that could have gone south. Yeah. Well, as per usual, another pitfall we managed to trip and stumble over without even realizing it was there. So now let's talk about Sopranos. We did watch that. Let's talk about the actual physical moving day. Oh, yeah. She, this, didn't, she didn't love this. This was an ambitious day. That was that was when I realized I pushed Sammy too far was when I was back home in Pennsylvania moving a couch downstairs in my aunt's house. And I heard Sammy say to my mother, like oh, in the other room, she goes, yeah, today was a little ambitious. And I was like, oh, Christ, <laughs> I did too much. So one thing that I learned from this experience, and I won't generalize, but I'll I'll speak on behalf of this small group that I've now become 
inundated with Larry and his roommates is that guys take this this pride in moving. No, because we were all ready to potentially pay for movers this time. It was just that all four of us moved on different weekends and we had four able-bodied dudes. So like, it's like, listen, you, we got to do it. I don't know. I think it's a little bit more than that. It's Everybody a, it's was a considering- masculine thing. You're lifting heavy stuff and moving it from one place to another. And you're, you're driving the truck and you're packing up the truck and bringing things. I, I don't know. It's not it, for me. You think the moving is a machismo thing? Absolutely. Unbelievable. Every guy. Well, because listen, every guy's okay with being a mover. I think because usually that may, I want like I love moving other people because a I'm probably gonna get some free shit out of the deal because it's gonna be like oh my god I don't have any place to put this I'll be like I'll take it yeah you have work? no room to put any it doesn't matter I've t- I've collected so much stuff moving other people especially when I was down in Florida and everybody was moving every other week but you get free stuff you're probably getting free beer you're getting usually some free food and you get to watch people crumble at their most stressed time. In, in their lives, you know what I mean? When they're when all this stuff they own is up for grabs, people start to panic, and I love watching the panic. I'm also very good at moving. Like, I've moved myself so many times at this point when I didn't have a lease and was moving, like, every three months in Orlando. I've gotten so good at playing that Tetris or knowing when to just cut a truck and run and just get to the other place, and then we'll start again kind of fresh. Like, that has a mental thing from when you're moving. So I do like helping other people because I think I can be a good resource while moving, unless I have too many beers, in which case don't give me anything fragile. I will never be a good moving resource and never ever ask me to help you move. No, like now it's, it's one of those things too, like we moving into this space, I didn't bring any furniture. So that's one less reason to hire a mover. I would have still hired a mover. (laughs) There's nothing heavy. There was one heavy piece. I want to sit and watch while everyone schleps my stuff. I am not a schlepper. That doesn't make, that makes me nervous because those guys aren't going to give a shit about my stuff. And it's like, if they break it, they're not going to, like some of this stuff is irreplaceable. Well, you can't, it's not available anymore. We'll cross that bridge when we have to move again. But that doesn't stress you out? No. Why? You pay insurance. If they break something, you have it covered. I don't want the cash value. I want the thing that they broke. Maybe it's, I don't have anything really breakable. All of my stuff is breakable. So the moving day itself was a 16-hour day. Correct. It started at 7 a.m. at U-Haul, which is the worst place in the world. There was a bit of a line backup, yes. So. Not optimized. We pick up this truck. We pack up the truck. I have a car. We pack up the car. We drive to the apartment. From Astoria to Manhattan, which, thanks to COVID, not a bad drive traffic-wise. Right. Managed to do it in about 20 minutes. But we also did it three times that day. Correct. So, Uh, twice, sorry, twice that day. Didn't the truck, the truck only went once. We had to do we had Manhattan to drive the three car times. Back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. So give me a little bit of fucking credit where it's due. I managed to pack everything going into your apartment in one go through. That's impressive. You had a giant truck and a three row SUV. Still impressive. You're one person. 
Doesn't matter. And that was a that was with a studio no furniture. Apartment. That's a studio apartment <laughs> with no furniture. I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> so and you had nothing in here. This place was a fixer upper. Everything comes into the apartment eventually. It, it actually moved pretty quick. Then we all drive back to Astoria. Have to load up the truck yet again. This time with giant furniture, couches, beds, dresser, night it, tables. It all fit. It was an empty truck. But so then we get in the truck and I have never really been in a box truck before because I don't move my also, own things. It's worth mentioning you haven't moved. When's the last? When did you move into this place? 2013. And that was the last time you moved. And I didn't use a moving truck. Big surprise. So that in itself was very scary to me because it felt like we were driving very fast on a highway. The truck makes so much noise. You hear everything like clunking and clanging in the back. Even Larry was nervous that we just stop and buy a lock uh, to the, put on the back of the thing. Cause I was like, oh my God, there's a chance that this door is gonna come open and the couch is gonna end up on the freeway like that was not something i enjoyed thinking about even after the lock was on mind you that wasn't my fault u-haul was supposed to supply a lock it wasn't there i bought a lock and those bastards did not get it back for me okay but regardless if you've never been in one of these trucks before if you're like me i don't recommend it larry loved it volunteered to drive it every time his roommates moved the next three weekends I stayed out of that. But, but that, that's like baby's first truck experience. It was. And I, and I hope it's my last for a very long time. I did not enjoy it. So we now have to drive two hours each way to Pennsylvania to drop off this furniture on top of the morning we've already had moving. And stopping at Wawa to and from. Of obviously. course. But unload the furniture storing it at his aunt's house, get in the car, not even an hour later, turn around in the empty box truck to drive back to New York. I think that was even scarier because somehow the noises were louder and because the truck was empty, Larry was driving even faster. And in a car, I would not have been nervous. But this thing is gigantic and making so much noise. It sounds like it's going to collapse at any second, like we're just gonna roll over. Larry's gunning it at like 65 miles an hour, which feels like a hundred in this thing somehow. I have no idea how that's possible, but I really hated it a lot. So that added to a lot of my stress of the day. She made that pretty clear. She didn't love the box truck, I'll tell you that much. No. I was I was painfully aware of that. So then once we get back to Asoria, which I also let me I appreciate you going on that journey. I didn't say you need like you could have stayed here and I would have brought stuff back eventually. You didn't need to do this 6-hour ordeal, yeah, but, but I appreciate you coming on that adventure with me. I appreciate you going through the motions of the entire move. And that because it was tough and I knew I was like Yo, it's going to be ugly, but it's going to get done in one day. That's why they do 24-hour rentals at U-Haul. It was it in was my a, opinion. it was a brutal day. Okay, so And now it's still we're... not even over. So, <laughs> <laughs> we get back from this 4-hour excursion to Pennsylvania. We have to load up the car again 
to go from Astoria to Manhattan, but we have to drop off the U-Haul first. So the U-Haul place at the end of the day is basically a giant U-Haul parking lot that you have to somehow maneuver your way in and out of because everyone just leaves their trucks wherever they want. And it's just kind of like a messy free-for-all. So even finding a way in there was... Anyway, this would have been problematic if I wasn't such a good truck driver, by the way. Crushed it, nailed it, crushed the truck, did thousands of dollars in damage. No, I'm yes. just kidding. So I, now I, I we, did park it well. I think we, it paralleled it. No, I, I had to pull remember. it in between two. I had to back it in between two. So now that that nightmare's over, we drive back to Manhattan. It's around 1030 at night. Because of the pandemic, all the garages in New York City close at a certain time and therefore all the street parking is unavailable. So now we're driving around exhausted, sweaty. It was also a heat wave, which I forgot to include. I think it hit 101 degrees. So that was also really not a great part of the day. So we're just like, we're hot, we're tired, we're sweaty. We just want to get in the shower and go to sleep. Cannot park the car. Have to find this random garage, ring a bell like four times. This very sleepy man came and <laughs> took the car. Not very happily. But that was uh, that was the end of the moving adventure, thankfully. But it, yeah, it started at 7 and ended at like 11.30 p.m. Yeah, it, was, it was damn near midnight. But, so, it, but it worked. It worked. It was totally worth it. It was totally worth it That it now that it's over. I, now, and now that you're looking at it a month, like, you know. It was so long ago. And I think by this time next year, I'll have completely wiped it from my memory. Until we have to move again. We're not crossing that bridge yet. We're here for a while. Anyway. Now we'll get to where we are now. So we've been in the apartment for a month. Fortunately, Larry and I have a lot of things, but different things. If you ask me what I have a lot of, I will say clothing and shoes. If you ask Larry what he has a lot of, he would say... Stuff. Yes. So fortunately, we were able to make everything work in the apartment. Larry filled up almost every empty surface with something. There's several that are still bothering me. I, I, if anybody has any posters or frames, please get a hold of me. We need to, we need to put something on the walls. I, li- I felt like I had been in this apartment for a year and a half while we were dating, and all I ever did was watch TV, sleep, or shower. Pretty much if I was over here, we were going out to dinner, or we were grabbing food somewhere else, or bringing it back. So I never like had to live in this place and I never really paid attention to the details. I was like, okay, it's nice, great. That's all I need to worry about at this stage of the game. When I started moving in and like it, it hit me when I cleared out all my stuff and there was still so much room. And I was like, Jesus, babe, like you never put anything up in here. Because I really, I lived here for seven years as a single girl. Which, like, you think you just accumulate a little bit somewhere? Like, you treated this like a hotel room. I kind of did. You did. Not kind of. <laughs> you did. Like, and you're admitting to it. You're like, oh, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I had a few relationships here and there before you and I started dating. But the hell really does that have to do with decorating? Serious. No, I'm saying because I was out every single night. 
I was never home. I was home on the weekends during the day. And then at night when I would come home, put my TV on and go to sleep. And the thing that I would accumulate the most of is books, but I have a Kindle, so that doesn't really matter. But I, but if you look in my closet, it is stuffed to the brim. The stuff that I accumulate are shoes. That is true. You, like I was going to say it earlier. When you said clothes and shoes, you're like, that's what I accumulate. That's not what you accumulate. That's what you own. And that's all you own. Yeah, but nobody wants to see my uh, collection of loafers on my bookcase in the living room. Though that would have been a nice place to put them. You could have. I mean, it would have been an improvement than what was there, which was nothing. It was little things. I had little stuff. This I had goddamn dream mirror has been on the floor for years. It didn't bother me. That that killed me. That was the shit I took off a week and a half from work, and I should have probably taken off more in general because I didn't I I didn't realize how much home improvement gets under my goddamn skin until this apartment because I never cared. I never cared because I never owned a place and I never lived in a place for longer than this last apartment was my longest in a single spot and it was three years. And so like, you know, I've never, that was why I accumulated so much stuff because I was like, well, I'm not going anywhere. I might as well invest back into a little bit. But still, it all had to be mobile stuff. It had to be stuff that's not going to last, stuff that's not going to stick around, that kind of thing. So like, uh, you know, I, I, I had to get rid of a bunch of stuff because I had too much in that case, you know what I mean? Like I had too much for this space, but also like you never had anything up. You had a, a few, like that one, my office was just your makeup desk. And that's incredible to me. Yeah, I didn't really have a purpose for it. So much of this didn't have a purpose. Like, I don't know how you could look at these four white walls. Cause as I look around, you have two, three posters against my six. And I hung up one of your posters in this room alone. Didn't bother me. That's insane. Whenever I was in here, I was eating, watching TV, or entertaining. So I wasn't looking at the walls. That's bonkers. But, and there was nothing on your... Well, there was the magazines on your coffee table, but that was it. But being home now all the time really does make you think about that kind of thing now that you have made it so obvious and clear that you feel like I don't have enough personal touches around the apartment. I wonder if I had been living here by myself during this time, working from here, eating out of the kitchen every day, not going into the office, not having much of a social life, is what I have felt like I needed more. No, because you wouldn't be here because you'd be with your family. Uh, all right, well. <laughs> you would have gone out to your because you would have <laughs> needed that social aspect more than anything. You could not be in this apartment for more than a week by yourself. I, if, I, As a person by myself, I think anybody would say it would be hard to be alone for a full week right now without seeing anyone. No. I think at the beginning of this, some people clocked some good, solid, solitary time. I think a lot of people needed it to de decompress. But now I understand that if you've been alone for, you know, six, seven, eight months, whatever it was, it's getting, it's getting a little rough. But... You in this one apartment for a week couldn't do it. I you would have moved in with one of your girlfriends before you would have stayed a week in this apartment by yourself. I don't know. Fortunately, we never had to test out. We didn't that cross theory. that bridge. I'm fascinated by it. But anyway, so things are going well now, though. Now that the apartment has been unpacked and everything's organized. Yeah, now that it looks like somebody lives here. Yeah, it looks like two very different people live here, but. 
it really it worked out because we neither one of us really had to sacrifice that much that was already here. No, I didn't. I hardly had to sacrifice anything. I mean, the stuff I needed to sacrifice were like logically this. They needed to be sacrificed. Yeah, but I also thought. I was up until a year and a half ago. I thought I was moving into a one bedroom or a studio myself afterwards. But doesn't it feel nice? I was nice, embraced for a couple. But doesn't it feel nice right now to to look around and see, like, our things together and know that this is really our home? Because also, it's different. I'm sure if you move into an apartment that's brand new for both of you, but you were moving into my home. So the fact that we were able to fill it with your stuff, even though my previous furniture is here, I think it really makes it feel so much more like ours. Right. The biggest thing about this is, is that I'm glad, like there was the one thing I wish we could have gotten in here, which we didn't, was my couch. And I love that couch. I spent like a grand on it. It's the only nice thing I've ever owned. Raymore and Flanagan, god damn it. And, uh, but it wasn't gonna fit. It wasn't gonna fit. It wasn't gonna work. And more importantly, having your furniture here, I didn't realize, is the the nice, like it's, it grounds the apartment, and then it it, it feels like I kind of fill in where they're, where, like you take the lead, and I'll fill in where you left it. Where exactly. you don't care, I put my stuff. Exactly. So in that way, we're perfect. Yeah, it works out nice that way. Yeah. It's, so, it's very much like I don't give a shit about anything except the stuff I do. And I'm willing to put that wherever you let me. And that, it all, it, it is a, it's a metaphor for how we are. I really never thought I'd have a giant Ted stuffed animal in my apartment at all. But here we are. He's, he talks. I really didn't think I was going to have that, if anything. You didn't think you'd have the full set of Lego Simpsons adorning your mantle? Definitely not. Hmm. But here we are, and you See, know I, these. I would, have, I would have pegged you for a Lego Simpsons person right <laughs> off the bat. That's the difference between you and me. But that it just goes to show how much I love you that these are the things I have around now. So you have that. Yeah. Just in case you ever forget. The biggest thing about this is there was a your space, my space concern. Like when I looked this up online about like moving in together, which we're also looking for dating hacks. So if anybody has any ideas about what we should do now that we live together, please let us know. But the moving in together aspect of it was never a concern with me. Like I'm worried about moving into your space. It's what was most logical. Moving into your place as opposed to kicking my roommates out and trying to keep my old apartment or finding a new place together was on the table, but not during a pandemic. So naturally this is the best and smartest decision we can make. And so as far as whether it felt like mine or yours, like, I don't know if it's just me and just who I am as a person, but I was like, yeah, it's gonna be my stuff. Like, it's gonna feel enough like my space. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of explode. Like you just have like, all my stuff is everywhere now. That's yep. just how things are. Yeah, but I'm glad you feel right at home. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've been here for a month. But I really think all things considered with the time that we're in right now, in a way, we got everything that we needed to get out of this so far. And considering we're here all day, we're, we're going to have to move in together again when the pandemic is lifted. Not that that's going to happen anytime oh. soon, but... You're talking about we, we have no idea what it's like to technically live with each other. Right. We only know how to be on top of each other 24-7, 
but we don't know how to go out alone without each other. We've done it a few times here and there. I've had dinner. You have had friends you've gone to see. So it's going to be a lot different, though, because usually I'm the type of person, at least, who is out every single night. I have plans every night. Granted, some of those plans were with you, so maybe things won't change that much. But we are kind of half to going to readjust to living together once that all once this all kind of settles, though, I don't see that happening for a while. I have a prediction to make about that. Based on the way you've already gone out and how I think how you were with your friends even before the pandemic started. Okay, tell me. The biggest difference between you and I going out is that you'll still come home before 10 o'clock. I won't be back until 2 or 3. Well, it depends on the night of the week. If it's a Friday, I'll stay out. Sure, oh yeah. But like I'm talking about on a weeknight. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. I'm I'm a strict like in bed by 10:30 kind of gal. Though not these days, but these days I go to sleep a little later. I'm a strict like, oh, somebody got another round. I guess I should drink this round. Yeah, so I close more bars than I I end up going to. We'll have to see how that all pans out when this is over and we'll discuss it when <laughs> when that happens, but for now it really like it really couldn't be going any better, I think. You can be honest with the people if you feel any differently. No, I mean like what but all on it like this is the biggest thing. Like what the hell could go wrong within a month? You know what I mean? Well, we are together in the apartment all day. I think for no, a lot this. of other couples if, that would be hard. If you moved in with somebody and people get like this is like it's like a celebrity divorce. You were stupid for getting involved with it to begin with. If you move in right away and and things are off, it's like that that excuse where people think, "Oh, let's have a baby. That'll make things better." You're you're an idiot. You're not paying attention to anything that, about yourself or your partner or anything like that. If you move in and things are going rough in the first month, I hope you have a miserable future. Well, you learn a lot about someone when you live together. I think you, learn you a lot and about I yourself. Yeah, and I think being as we had that trial period, we were kind of ahead of the game in that way. I'll say there's one thing that always catches me off guard uh, now that you live with me or since we've lived together. What? Do you, you know, I think you would know if I stop and think about it for a sec. No, I have no idea. It's absolutely my temper. Oh, and yeah. And how quickly I can get mad. I don't, I, for whatever reason. But it's not at me. You don't get mad at me. No, of course not. You've never made me mad. But you get I don't know what you get when I get mad. You get away. Because I, I just, if you get frustrated about something that, like the home improvement stuff with hanging things and whatever, that's so not anything I would ever even think to try on my own. Not my arena. So when you want to do it, which I understand you like this stuff or you know yeah, how well, to do drywall it. Drywall anchors are the bane of my existence. Right. So... If you're going to get frustrated about that, there is absolutely nothing that I can do that's going to help you do it or make you feel better in that moment. Like, what do I go in there and say? You could do it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just it just feels like <laughs> the dynamic immediately switched to daddy's angry and you're like a kid who just disappears. Which is funny because like, my even, dad like, never got angry when I was a kid. My dad got very angry and continues to get very angry to this day occasionally. But we are an angry people. 
We yeah, Lowry's, I, we like to get angry from time to time, I'm which is not, why I'm surprised you were surprised by it. It's not that I'm surprised. I just, I don't really know. I'm going to have to learn how to handle that for now I'm just kind of keeping my distance and when I see that you're in a bad mood about something I know that it's not anything I did unless you tell me which so far we're doing well on that but even this morning you were in a mood about something completely work. unrelated it's just, wor- it's and, just work and there's the pandemic going on and so sometimes I'm a little pissed off I said you know what I'm staying away from you you can come be nice to me when you're out of your mood. But until then, like, I'll be in the other room. Goodbye. Which I, I believe it did organically today, right? Like, yeah. Like, it happens. Like, I get pissed off. And I don't go out of my way to find you or to, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just get angry in a space. It's just always funny because I'll turn around and I'll try to say something to you not even relevant to what I'm doing, and you're gone. And that's when I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, well. I'll learn my timing better. No, it's just funny. And but, I, it's just, just surprising. I didn't expect that. Yeah, well, it that's something that I think anyone who moves in with anyone, a, a relationship or a friend, or, you know, as a roommate, but you definitely learn what makes people tick more than you would as just a friend or as someone who's just dating that you might not have really known before. I never knew this was something that got you so worked up when it didn't work out. Why would I have ever known that? So I, it's not a deal breaker. Because I didn't do home improvement before now. But yeah, it's the things that we always dealt with on our own. Now there's somebody who's kind of always lurking in the background that has to deal with it also. That's moving in together. That is moving in together. Speaking of, this is getting boring. Let's go have sex. <laughs> 